0: Hey, welcome to Permanent Waves. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening. If you're coming back, or maybe this is your first time listening, I appreciate you being here and checking out some Rush material, The maybe the first or second Rush, uh, Rush material in the podcast world. So thanks for being here. Today we're talking about Vapor Trails, mostly because we have a remastered Vapor Trails. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Uh, I think either way, it's definitely something that you should check out if you're into some of the newer material that Rush has put out. Newer as in 2002, it's 14 years old, but I still consider Vapor Trails to be a newer album. So I have one of my brand new friends, maybe my most recently acquired friend, Alec Poulianis from the Baltimore area. Hey, Alec. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's funny because I actually made contact with Alec a few years ago. Alec has his own podcast called The Prog Rock Block, and he does, I would say, 70% rush on that uh, on that show, right?
1: Um, sometimes. It, it can get a little out of hand.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of... It, in a, I, I'll say it's a nice array of progressive rock on your show, I think, but it's a healthy amount of rush, and I appreciate that. But we I never act- let it
1: go, an episode without Rush. Yeah, yeah exactly. We and We almost I, did once, and we were like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> we can't <laughs> break this streak.
0: I heard um, maybe a, a week after Clockwork Angels was released, and you and your, uh, what was your co-host's name? Chris. Chris. Uh, you did a, like a review, and I hadn't heard the album yet. Uh, hmm. So I listened to your podcast, and I remember a few things about it a few years ago. You said that one of you said that the garden was the best closer that they've had in a while. Um uh, mm-hmm. one of you said that Everyday Glory was maybe the last one that was this good and I thought that was the first time I'd ever heard anyone even acknowledge the song Everyday Glory especially on the internet. Um and I So
1: I think Chris said Everyday Glory was a great closer and I I don't know, I think I don't know who said that about the Guardian, because we both would agree about
0: that. <laughs> um, I also noticed, and I was kind of weirded out, I'm like, oh, cool, the guys that do podcasts, I enjoy podcasts, guys that love Rush, I love Rush. Chris sounds weirdly like my voice. Do you notice that at all? Am I crazy?
1: Um, you know, I, maybe because I know Chris, like, I've heard, like, I talk to him in person, it, it's a little different, but I, I can hear a little bit of it.
0: Um, maybe I'll be curious to like put these two tracks side side Actually, by side.
1: What you and just said right there. What you said right there it sounded like Chris. <laughs> I
0: I'm, I'm, like I imagine Chris might listen, and maybe he's going insane right now.
1: Oh, yeah. He's going to listen to this, though. Chris, we need to get your expert opinion. Some follow-up, <laughs> follow-up for next week. Sure thing. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: absolutely. So we're both prepared. Alec texted me earlier today and said is uh, something like, I wrote notes, LOL, and I was like, oh, you were in the right place, bud. <laughs> we always write notes before permanent waves. So what I would really like to talk about is each track individually, how it measures up on the remastered version compared to the original. And I just want to say from a very basic standpoint, a very uh, watered-down statement for me would be to say that everything is better on the remastered album except one or maybe two tracks. And I hesitate to say better because for me, one's not better than the other. The two albums, they're Mm -hmm. just very different. So it's not like I leave the original in the dust and I never visit it again. It just kind of depends on which one I want to listen to.
1: So that's really interesting that you say that because I never thought... I liked any of the songs better on the original, but after giving it a couple of listens and thinking really critically about it, I have one song that I think on the original there's an essence that's better. Oh, excellent! And, uh, yeah, and and um, I'm curious to hear which one you think that is. But okay, we'll get, I have. We'll get there. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, we can just hop right into it. I don't know. Do you want to go track by track in order? I
0: just. Want, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell you. I've got. Okay. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the tracks too. I think that, oh, and this was so on the, my, on my first run through. I thought, okay, these are all better except Peaceable Kingdom. I think, think I think Peaceable Kingdom me. had. I I in my, in my notes I wrote lost its balls. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a mammoth. Like the sound was so in your face, and I lo- I loved what that did for the song, and I think that was absolutely, uh, it just dissolved on the remastered version. I also don't like what whoever did that remastering, uh, what he did with the the vocals. He kind of brought yeah. the harmony out and pulled the melody back, and I don't yeah. like that so yep, much. Yep, yep. So what was your, so,
1: what was so your one song? My Nocturne. Really? Mine's, mine's Nocturne. And actually, interestingly enough, Peaceful Kingdom at first was, was one of the ones I thought was the most different, because the that like snarling bass is so bombastic. Uh It completely overtakes the whole song. Like, the bomb, bomb, the bomb, bomb. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, But I kind of like dig it now. Um, But yeah, Nocturne, I thought it was such a crazy song with like the, kind of like screaming in the background or I don't know exactly how to put it, the vocals that that it's doing. And, um, and just like, it's so driving that like all that distortion and clipping and just mess that happened to Master actually kind of gave it like more of a, you know, a chaotic, Found. Yes. Um, and and then in in the in in the new remix, it's so tame, and uh, <laughs> it kind of I, I forgot how ridiculous that song was. Because mm-hmm. I actually, I remember when I first got into Vapor Trails, that was one of my favorite songs on the whole album, uh, Nocturne. So, um, huh. and I, I think it was because you know, <laughs> what was like I was probably in high school when I started listening to that. Probably like. 10th or 11th grade, so I maybe all go into like, those those times where it be more moody, and like that was like the perfect song to listen to.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. When I when I first started appreciating that song, I listened to it nonstop, on repeat, until I was sick of it, <laughs> because I'd heard it so
1: much. Um, so, the number one song I put on repeat, in the first 24 hours of Headlong Flight being out, I listened to it 63 times.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and I... I I, love I did not dig that song when it we. Do you remember when they released it before the album? Maybe yeah, yep. a week tops, like three days before the album came out. And yeah. I remember being in my sophomore year at music school and going up to one of my jazz professors who you he said he only liked a show of hands. He he was like, "Oh, you like Rush?" I had a show of hands and I loved it. And he just the rest of it he didn't really dig, but. I showed him Headlong Flight. I said, "This is New Rush." And I said, "I don't really know. I don't really get it." And he was like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't know either." And then I heard it live, and I realized that I'm really stupid.
1: <laughs> well, you know, actually, Chris was the exact same way. Chris, um, at first, was not terribly impressed by Headlong Flight, uh, but it's really grown on him. And you know what? I I, I love saying how like Headlong Flight is one of my favorite songs to at the gym particularly live, because it sounds like they're holding on with all their might to keep playing. (laughs) You know, like, they're like, like, you can just tell, like, they're they're going full throttle the whole way. Yeah, it's kind of
0: like the middle of free will. Yes. Um, Yep. It's interesting, you talk about the screaming in Nocturne, Mm -hmm. and uh, my dad and I talked about this when we first, we got into uh, Rush and all the extended material um, around our thirty. So, when we got Vapor Trails, both of us are keyboardists, and my dad more than me, and Mm -hmm. uh, we both kind of, we realized there were no synthesizers on the album, right? I don't know if that's commonly known, if that's common knowledge or not, but there are no synthesizers on Vapor Trails.
1: Yeah, you get Um, a Getty chorus instead. (laughs) What'd you say? You get a chorus of Gettys instead. What do you mean? Like, yeah. Like, they they have, like, Getty singing, like, right like yeah five, five Gettys, and, like, <laughs> five I, I, I remember Gettys. reading on the, oh, go ahead.
0: Five Gettys, I like that.
1: Yeah, like, like, I remember reading on the forums, like, people would be like, yeah, we have a choir of Gettys, like, all, like, oh, ooh, and ah, <laughs> you know, well, yeah like, was, that, that's where the keyboards could have filled in.
0: Exactly, and it was kind of cool to see how they were going to, because you knew they weren't going to just leave leave that that roll out. So instead of the keyboards playing that role, it's, it's overdubbed vocals like crazy. And even on some tunes, it's the guitars that are just overdubbed uh, to an insane rate. Um, But I think that's it. It makes this album very unique that there are no synths, but that role is still being played by vocals. I also think that makes these songs very hard to play live. And if you notice, we hardly get any of these songs live.
1: Right. And also when they do play them live, They're kind of like shoehorned because they're playing so many triggers. Yeah, Um, And then also, and of course we have to talk about this, you know, these songs are all, a lot of them are very much very personal to Neil. Mm -hmm. You know, they the darkest time in his life. And we have to point out it's his birthday today.
0: Uh, Today is Neil's birthday, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Alex.
0: And Alex was like last week or something.
1: Yeah, they're all like relatively close to one another because yeah. like Getty, I think, on the twenty ninth of July, Alex on the twenty seventh of August, and then Neil on the twelfth of September. I know that's not too creepy. I'm pretty sure that is right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say <laughs> you're a bigger fan than I am. I don't, I don't know their <laughs> birthdays. is, <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and one of their most recent interviews said uh, Getty and Alex said, "Listen, Neil doesn't want to play these songs live," right. which is kind of. Uh, uh, I've said this on a previous episode. I don't believe them. <laughs> I think I, in fact, I think we'll hear Freeze on the next tour, and um, maybe even Peaceful Kingdom. But
1: oh wow, that's what they you say. Know Peaceful Kingdom was supposed to be a uh, was supposed to be an instrumental at first.
0: You know my uh, my producer. I say my producer, but it's actually my dad. Was just <laughs> saying to me off the air a second ago. That Peaceable Kingdom was gonna be an instrumental and it the they decided to add lyrics about nine eleven. Or the, at least the lyrics were inspired by nine eleven.
1: Ah, I see. Did you know that? Is that true? I I didn't know the nine eleven part, but I did know that they they added lyrics to it at the last second. And um and that actually inspired me. So back in the so we should also talk about this. Music in the abstract dot org. No longer. Oh, yeah.
0: that. oh, that's not cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no longer a thing. And it makes you kind of like, you know, reflect because like all that stuff was on the line to download and I was like, I don't need to archive that. It's on the website.
0: Right. And then yes.
1: it's gone. And I've and there actually... there so much high quality stuff.
0: Yeah, it was, and it was raw and it was rare. Um, A lot of that, that website, I there's just so much I couldn't get to. And I always thought if I'm ever in a hospital bed with nothing to do for a few <laughs> days, I'm just going to glue my eyes to that website and now it's gone. If, you, if any listeners don't know, this is a website that had really rare rush pictures, um, sound audio clips that you couldn't find anywhere else. For example, um, they cut Getty's vocals live during Free Will, but kept Alex's somehow. Yeah. I have no idea how they have that capability. So it sounds like Alex is singing the song. They have, you know, The Way the Wind Blows, only bass and vocals or whatever. Um mm-hmm. and it was all really interesting stuff and it's gone.
1: Yeah, I did a peaceful kingdom uh vocals extracted version. Like I edited that and uh it's, it's actually a pretty cool instrumental. <laughs> like it would have <laughs> been kinda cool. Um and also what was cool about that website is like um this is not it's not vapor trails, but on like Far Cry, if you listen closely during like the the main riff that it opens with, uh-huh. but like halfway through the song Getty's, like, singing, yep, 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 like, in the background, <laughs> and it's really subtle.
0: Uh, which part? The opening riff?
1: Not. It, it's, like, a repeat of the opening riff, kind of in the middle of the tune. It's, like I think, around three minutes and 20 seconds, but I, that, don't quote me on that.
0: No, I'm going <laughs> to check that out ASAP, because that kind of thing is hilarious. Now, do you have a prediction on what Alex is saying at the beginning of Alien Shore?
1: Oh, gosh, I think you nailed it. I, I, I've been wrong all my life. But I think after listening to you say it, I think you're
0: right. Well, which one? I I used to think it was I'm plugging my nose for whatever reason. And now I, I, and I thought my, it was
1: I thought it was out of my nose, and then you said "men without oars" or whatever. And men, I think "men without oars" sounds right.
0: "Men about oars" is what Chad said, and I think he's right.
1: Yeah, I think yeah yeah yeah. "Men it, without oars" sounds right. It hurts my I heart. I to it, I was like, that's it. Yeah. I always thought it was out of my nose, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense because it was a nasally voice. Yep. right? Right.
0: <laughs> Um, one thing I've wanted to talk about with somebody who might appreciate it, and now I have a podcast to talk about it, yay, I have this idea that Rush is, you know, maybe known for, um, concept songs or concept albums, and we know that the most recent cl- album, Clockwork Angels, was really their first concept album, where the whole album was one concept, as opposed to Hemispheres, where it was only one side, one song. Uh, 2112 etc but this vapor trails i think you can argue as being a concept album and their best concept album and it's very oh, wow. subtle so do you see where i'm going with this or no
1: sort of i mean if it's a concept album about like loss
0: it yeah it chronicles yeah. a guy who lost his entire family <laughs> Right, and, what, right, right. And, and what he did, and also a very wordsy person, someone who's extremely literate, and mm. has such a ridiculous way of ridiculous in a good way, um, of trans transferring his his uh, emotions to us. So all these songs are are poems if you take them at um, at face value, like that, and they're poems from somebody who you know you can just imagine. Him on his motorcycle, riding across the continent, and that's how it is. that's how it ought to be, or uh right. oh sweet miracle you you can you can see inside his brain and what he's thinking about um, Have you ever read ghost Rider what's that?
1: Have you ever read ghost Rider? No, I'm
0: admittedly a very slow reader, and I'm uh hesitant to read anything. I did get through Clockwork Angels, and I enjoyed it. But, I uh, didn't get through that.
1: I haven't gotten through Clockwork yet. Really? No, I have not. And it's surprising, because like, I, I ordered the book, and I got it signed, everything, and I just never, I never read it. Um, I read like the first chapter, and I thought I was going to jump into it, and then things got busy at school again, and
0: so, I never read it. So what about, uh, have you read Ghost Rider?
1: I haven't read Ghost Rider, but I've read, um, uh, what, what was it, Um, like Making Memories, I don't know, that's not, Roadshow, Roadshow, okay. I read Roadshow. And I read um I read another one of his books. Uh actually a school report on it, When, uh, <laughs> like I'm great That was awesome. It's perfect. Um, yeah. So so
0: they were good books?
1: Yeah, no, they're definitely very interesting. Um I I, I heard Ghost Rider is very, very, very emotional and right. it'll make you sad. That was I'll, the first I try to I'd be sad.
0: Was that the first <laughs> that he wrote after his trip?
1: No, I think he wrote one back about his uh It Travels Through Africa. Oh, okay. I think that was was his first one. I could be wrong.
0: I listen, especially the lyrics in the song Vapor Trails are the most um, revealing. Like, I I like the metaphors that are used in that song. I like the words that are used, um, the images that it puts in your head when you read those lyrics, and I think that's probably why they named the album after that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one especially, I always think uh, it puts a really interesting picture in my head.
1: Yeah, the the, the whole album, top to bottom, is really quite solid. Um, I don't know if I if I had to pick if I had to pick my least favorite song, it'd probably be uh, "The Stars Look Down." But like, that's not even that bad of a track.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, so uh, I guess we should we should probably jump into talking about the, the remix and remaster. We kind of got on the tangent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not, not not that I don't like tangents. I love tangents. If one one you the Pro Rock it's all <laughs> tangents.
0: <laughs> one of my buddies that comes over to play uh guitar with me and uh we play a bunch of really like obscure rush tunes. Uh as opposed to other guitarists who come over and want to play La Via Estrangiato and Spirit of Radio over and over. Uh right. he said well, the number one thing about the remastered Vapor Trails album is that there's actually audible bass guitar. You can hear what Getty's doing, and he's like, he's absolutely right.
1: Yeah, it's really muddy on the original. And uh, another thing you'll notice is like there's acoustic guitars in a bunch of songs, like uh, um, Earthshine, and that's just a, that's a mystery in the original. <laughs> Completely <laughs> right.
0: Lost. Yeah, and a lot of things came out. For example, one of my favorite. Uh, Um, uh, one of my favorite things that they made better, uh, one of my favorite improvements is the word I'm looking for, on the newer one is Sweet Miracle in the bridge. There is a synth that you can hardly even hear on the original, but it's there if you listen for it. And I love that they brought it out. But on Ghost Rider in the bridge, there's another synth. I know we just said there are no synths, so I'm kind of contradicting myself, but it's a synth-like oh, sound in the nice bridge, sense. but that they added. And I remember reading an article with the the guy who did all of this, and he said, "Yeah, there was some stuff that wasn't there originally that that was just muted, and I mm-hmm. I put it back into the mix." Uh, there's a guitar solo in "Ceiling Unlimited," and I'm yeah, like, that's awesome. "Why did you take that out to begin with?"
1: <laughs> it's so good, right? I feel like it's just like there's no guitar this throughout the whole thing, kind of. And they're like, We're gonna keep it that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the that guitar solo is so epic. Now I have some comments about that song about how they exit the guitar solo. So like that part of the song is also different. Right? Um because they This ex- is ceiling solo, unlimited, like, right? Yeah, so they they exit the guitar solo and they say ceiling unlimited and then there's like this this break and then uh and then they say the next line, but in the original there's just music and then they say ceiling unlimited and then the next line back to back. Yes, uh, and I think uh, it's hard to say because how the lyric, or how the solo comes in and or how it exits rather, um, I don't know how it would have worked. And I think that might be why they moved it around. I kind of prefer how the lyrics were done in the original, but mm-hmm. I prefer the guitar solo. So if I had to choose, I'd make the guitar solo.
0: Yes, but and I'm with you. When I I don't know about you, but when I first heard it, I was pulling my hair out because I expected to hear the exact same recording with a clearer sound. I did not expect, oh, that's not where that line is supposed to go. Oh, that line is usually over here or um, Secret Touch. The end of Secret Touch, they kind of moved the, the the vocal lines around as well. In uh, Peaceable Kingdom, the vocal lines move. I was not expecting that. And I got a little bummed out because I did not want to mess... I didn't want them to mess with the form of the songs, meaning right. what, how long sections last... Uh, where they go because the band decides that and they mm. finalize it and make a record and it's not really for somebody else to go move stuff around i understand if you're going to try to make it sound better but i got over that and i like the changes
1: that's why I, it's interesting because they call it a remix instead of a remaster and i i also when I, when I first said remix i thought to myself wow they might actually change some stuff and they did um and and there's like a like a little like Air synth that kind of reminds me of Passage of Bangkok uh, <laughs> in the beginning of uh, of One Little Victory,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and there's a few other things. And I want to talk about the vocals because in consistently throughout the whole album, in the original, the vocals are much higher, and I love I love Getty when he sings higher, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and in the new one they're much more subdued and. You don't get the high one as much. And, like, particularly... Now, another interesting thing to talk about is the Earthshine remix on uh, Retrospective 3. Yep. That one's even more... That's different, too. They're all different, right? It's all different, like, uh, interpretations of the the same song. And and vocal harmonies are the number one place you can tell the difference Mm -hmm. between all of them.
0: I didn't realize that was... So we have three different versions of Earthshine, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, and also One Little Victory. Although I can't really tell the difference between the One Little Victories... Yes. As much as I can tell the difference between the uh,
0: Um Yeah, I'm with you. And part of me thinks... Sometimes I think, was this album when it came out in 2002 or whatever? And, and by the way, it is remixed, officially, not remastered? Right. Okay, I didn't realize that. I've been saying remastered for the whole episode. Um,
1: yeah, it, it says remixed. Um, and I love the new album art. Just throwing that out there. If you go to the product we actually use some of it. I noticed. <laughs> no
0: I've got a whole uh, Google Chrome theme built around that new artwork right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I,
1: that's that's my background on my Mac. Uh, I, I think it looks
0: good. Part of me thinks, did they intentionally overdrive this album when it, when they recorded it? I, I can't allow myself to believe that they wanted it to sound as bad as it is. But part of yeah, me thinks no they way. wanted it to be that high energy and that muddy and that in your face through the whole album.
1: My understanding is that it was ruined in master, so like the mix wasn't bad, but when they mastered, they mastered it too hot.
0: So that okay. Of- so that makes me believe oh. that it wasn't intentional at all.
1: No, it wasn't. And I mean, honestly, man, even like passively listening at work, I could tell the difference and like cringe a little bit. And how much crackling there is, and just clipping. Right. Yep. Oh, it's the worst. I mean, I gotta understand why some people thought this was unlistenable at one point. Sure. Um, and I mean, it's such great music. And it's I'm the so first glad. thing
0: you notice when you hear the album, though. The first run through we had with this album, we all said, "It's it's so hot. <laughs> Everything yeah. is overdriven.
1: Um, yeah, it's ridiculous."
0: But uh, I just thought maybe you know they were on that break. I don't, I don't mean to say it like that. They had that length of time where they weren't playing music. Maybe they wanted right. to make a statement like we're back. We've had all this energy to build up. But um, I think you're you're probably right where it was just a mistake somewhere along the right. line. But that's also something we've touched on this that I've come to love about that original and why I'm not going to stop listening to the original completely. Because right. sometimes I do like... And maybe it's just because I've had so many years to get used to the original. And I like the mm-hmm. the way I remember it, but I do like the original album still.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It's nostalgic for sure, mm-hmm. and sometimes you want to hear like, for example, like "Boxer," and you know, like that. If I had to choose which one I would prefer, and I can only keep one in the world, I'd pick the original. Yep. Um. So let's see. Let me look at my notes real quick.
0: It's also kind of interesting that when this first came out, the remix, uh, Getty said that Neil didn't want to listen to it he didn't want to hear it that's right and, and yeah, that's i thought right. like you know i get that he's emotional but like he doesn't want to hear how the music is he, That album was ruined in their eyes and they don't want to hear how it sounds being fixed but whatever i i can't even begin to understand that so
1: well i don't know part of me understands because not only is it really sensitive material to him but i know personally i can barely even listen to stuff i made Like, (laughs) I guess it's a little different when you're a professional, but like, sometimes I listen to my own music. I'm like, uh, like, I I think of like how I can improve it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, it's funny, like, I'm sure my friend Vin's gonna listen to this podcast, and I I feel like we're almost entering a year that I've been supposed to finish off this chemistry cover we're doing. (laughs) And it's just, I just never, like, one day I just was trying to record it, and I was never satisfied, and I threw it all away, and then I never got around to like doing it again, and I'm gonna relearn the whole poem base <laughs> you know,
0: so but, you're doing an acoustic cover of chemistry, is that right?
1: yeah, it's mostly acoustic. um we did a time stamp still cover, uh and that was recorded. I kid you not with my uh headphones microphone
0: <laughs> oh excellent
1: <laughs> but i uh, i you know i I worked really hard to make it sound like decent, and no. the problem was uh the problem was I had um when Vin recorded, he recorded the guitar and um, and his backing vocals all on one track. So I had to try to, like, mix it such that the backing vocals were, like, loud enough. But it was, it was difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this time around, we're doing some... Uh, it's going to be really cool. And it's, like, one of those things that I kind of want to get drums involved, but at the same time, like, nah. Right. We can't have, we can't have drums for doing an acoustic version. But
0: Now, I am you know. a very big Rush fan. I am I think in the minority of the people that highly and fully support Hold Your Fire. And I, I that think album. that Time Stand Still is arguably in the top ten best songs they've ever written, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. But, I know some people who think that too. I I I don't know if I don't know if I'll say in the top ten, but I love that song that pieces. All of all of, why, all like, of that said
0: with that said I have no problem saying with full confidence that Time Stand Still is the worst music video of all time.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the best music video. In the that's history <laughs> of music
0: videos of any band, I will, I will put my band Rush at the top. The worst <laughs> music video of all time.
1: That's high praise. I mean, <laughs> me and my buddy Peter have talked about that to such a long extent have you seen the uh the parody video on youtube it's hilarious. oh my
0: god there's a parody video
1: have you not seen it no
0: no i haven't oh Where you're can gonna I find lose it, it? Man. you're
1: gonna absolutely lose it it's so funny because they he's like uh, he's like i'm going around the pole now <laughs> 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 it's so funny oh uh, yeah you gotta check it what out you should do you put you in should, the show notes <laughs> if,
0: I, if i can't find it you should send it to me i'll put it in the show notes and i'll tweet it and everything and uh, yeah, you'll, you'll,
1: i'm I'm so confident you'll find it <laughs> all find right it. i can't yeah, believe i have like, found it yeah 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 yeah. no i don't even know how i ran into it have you ever heard of, there's these uh i just found these like a couple days ago a acapella versions of uh like tom zoyer and yyz that um yeah i just said that uh, <laughs> i'm not from canada well what's and the anyway.
0: acapella version of yyz there's no oh, there's- lyrics to begin with
1: yeah, no, they they're like Dee, blew, blew, blew. <laughs>
0: they're they're clearly making like a joke out of it. Oh, oh,
1: it's a, it's a it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> those were funny
0: too. Yeah, I, I didn't like, know that existed either. The only thing I'm familiar with in terms of that is uh um rush uh rush shreds, I think. So there's like fish shreds. Um yeah, insert band here shreds and it's a video of the band playing live but they insert this horrid horrid audio um of, oh, of wow. the band playing really awfully
1: no i i have not no i have not seen so there we go <laughs> we just uh i wouldn't swap these uh videos
0: there you go i actually in the future i'm gonna do i'm gonna talk about um songs that for me songs that i really didn't like songs that i skipped when i was getting into the material that Mm -hmm. eventually grew on me and now i love and vapor trails actually has two of those songs um how it is and out of the cradle i skipped every single time i listened to the album Mm. um and now especially the the remixed how it is i think is so crystal clear and that's what it deserves right And I love "Out of the Cradle," and I love the way they end that song to end the album.
1: "Out of the Cradle" um, is such a cool song. I feel like that'd be such a cool song to play live because it just screams like "Play Me Live," Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like they could put it like at the end of the set. That'd be awesome. Yes. Like before before like an encore. I, they, I can't imagine ending a show with that song cuz it's so obscure. But <laughs> and even in the show, like it's kind of weird doing that cuz people don't even realize there's an encore sometimes. <laughs> um but I like I like that a lot. What, I'm like going to play it.
0: I'm gonna geek out here for just like a couple seconds. Um Secret Touch, uh arguably the it's debatable, but it's kind of the uh the hit the single of the album, right? It's kind of the spokesperson of Vapor Trails. Agree?
1: Yeah. Um I, I would go I would go either Earthshine or or One Will Victory, but I'm, i I put it third. Same, yeah, no, right. it's definitely it's it's definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um the that main chord, that really raunchy chord that we get in the beginning of Secret Touch, uh yeah. is a certain kind of sixth chord. And we don't hear sixth chords a lot in rock, especially from Rush. Um, out of the cradle ends on a sixth chord so i think it's really cool that the album in 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 music you don't often end on sixth chords it doesn't sound quite right but they did it they ended the whole album on a sixth chord and i thought it was kind of a a funny little nod to back earlier in the album when they were playing other sixth chords that's i like to geek out about stuff like that
1: no that's actually really interesting my favorite my favorite ending ever has to be the live ghost of a chance inverted chord
0: oh yes any oh, any oh, gosh alex strums the chord like right next to the bridge
1: yeah and he plays it from like high to low mm-hmm. oh god i agree Great. completely
0: <laughs> uh, there are a lot of other really nice endings i liked the way oh i i, I could talk about that for hours
1: but <laughs> Yeah, we have so many shows, and us. <laughs> we can talk about Rush forever. All right,
0: and we will. Uh, I definitely want to have you back on the show and do some more um, Rush talk. And we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk off the air about something else that we can maybe um, plan for topic wise. Cool. Uh, so tell everyone where they can find your stuff, or you, or whatever you want them to find.
1: Uh my stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, A P U L I A N A S and you can also go to com if you want to hear the podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And actually the coolest thing that happened today is that Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater actually followed the Prog Rock Block. Oh, no way. On Twitter. Yeah. We had Yes, the Yes the Band website, or Yes the Band Twitter, um, follow us, and then we had Jordan follow us today. And I kid you not, I'm at work and I see the notification bottle on my screen. I was like, what? Screenshot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said to the guys, I'm like, whoa, like, this is crazy.
0: Yeah, but you're cheating. You got that generic, you got the prog rock in the name.
1: You know what? Um, Mike <laughs> Pornnoid did something called Prog Rock Plot. And I had no idea until like way down the line. Wow. I forget exactly what it was, but it was it was some kind of thing. Wow, that's but, crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it it's cool, man. I, I had so much fun doing that show uh, in school, and it's still fun to get together with the guys and you know just listen to some rock and jam out you know sure yeah we have a great time we did a did a video once of us like in the studio but it felt so like fake <laughs> we'd be doing it on tape <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no, we'd be like singing along and like air drumming in the studio and stuff like that uh, and uh yeah but anyways <laughs> yeah, so yeah feel free to you know, add me on twitter or whatever if I, if I have a thousand new twitter followers we'll know the show's doing great <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, our uh everything you do is based on how many Twitter followers you have.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Constantly trying to find some t- Twitter followers. Uh no, but yeah, I mean, if you follow me, you're not going to hear too too much about Rush, but I do tweet about it occasionally.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Well, um <laughs> thank you for listening Alec thanks for being here and uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Jared Greco Permanent Waves has its own Twitter that is in desperate need of some attention at BacherCast underscore RushCast and you can find that on our website or iTunes or wherever you found this episode to download or to listen to so thanks for listening and uh, thank you for the Knickerbocker Network for hosting us and we'll see everybody soon thanks No, by- I say it. Brought to you by Knickerbocker.